This is Having a Gab, and you're listening to What in the World with Oren Kagan and Gab Steele and Ursa the Chef. Killed it. Is this some kind of a sick joke? I got here in one Kid Leroy song. You got here in one? That's how we measure time. That, yeah. Distances in Kid Leroy songs. That's how I do it. And Dogecoin fluctuations. And, yeah, I'm watching Doge while I'm driving. It's very dangerous. Can you not? It's Doge and Drive. It's worse than texting and driving, debatably. You also shouldn't put that on the podcast. Previous jobs that you've had throughout the come up of your entertainment industry like journey what like and kind of like what you're doing while you're doing the job yeah like, like as you level up in the job like you have to level up in like what the you're side doing. hustles to maintain the, the main hustle also the like the price you pay for your job like the things that you've got to like do for your job yeah is that the same kind of thing though it is it is the same thing it's like what do you have to do to get to where you want to be in yeah. your specific industry like, totally totally like we're talking about modeling and how like you have to be a certain way you yeah have to look a certain way how you have to work certain jobs to get to where you want to be in an industry and like what the requirements of, I mean, just the whole, the whole thing is really just overall exhausting. Like (laughs) you're working another job to also be a model and you're also maintaining the figure at the same time. It's just like, what the fuck's my life? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, all at once. I'm sure that I, I, totally, it goes real quick too. Yeah. You tell us, you know, what it's, what it's like to be on that side of it really. Like, Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Like it's like feast and famine. Some paychecks are huge. Some are, you know, time for photos, which, you know, as you as you book more work, you don't need to take those jobs. But so much of it is like time that's unpaid for, schlepping and castings you don't book. You spend mm. hours in the heat, like schlepping through the city with a thousand other girls who look the same. And you walk into a room in a cast for the casting and like you see all of your doppelgangers it's, yeah, it's all because clones. they've booked a certain look they want a certain look right so they go to all the agencies and they pick all the certain look mm-hmm. so you end up seeing the same you but then you don't get picked so the better version of you got picked you know what i mean There's so it's a lot like of mental weight it like fucks your model, head yeah. big time dude um like i don't think i've ever accurately like i don't think i can accurately see the way i look like in a photo i don't think i can like it's like body is morphic you know what i mean like do they do they a lot of post editing for those types of things i mean obviously yeah it depends it depends on the job mm-hmm. um but that's just as much part of the art you know what i mean let me, let me ask are they touching up the photos of the plus size models and not 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 bashing them i'm, I'm curious do they like smooth um, skin like what yeah of course yeah they do right yeah unless it's like unless they explicitly state we're not like retouching skin and things like that like mm-hmm. we're, we're doing that for like transparent you know, editing for the viewer. Um, unless they explicitly state that, like they're still airbrushed, you know, that this, like, <laughs> despite them being size inclusive, they still want you to be perfect looking, you know, you still got to be polished like a veneer, which is not necessarily a good thing. Like it's no, just, it's diluted. Not. They're like selling the idea that they're being progressive, but they're not, or maybe they are just being progressive, but in baby steps, who knows? Right. Maybe it's better that they like start doing something rather than nothing, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, you've worked the most jobs while doing your other thing. I have. I mean, if everybody I know that's that's done it, yeah, for me at least, I think that's I'm probably yeah. the person I... Because I work, I modeled full-time, so I didn't, that was it. I've never been full-time with music yet. Right. right. It's like, while pursuing your passion, what are, like, the millions of other jobs Right. The only done? thing I can relate to, then, is my career in the art world. 
because I worked at EB Games, like GameStop. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you were trying to be an art curator? Yeah. While I was studying to be an art curator, like studying art history. And um, I interned at two galleries. I did like stupid shit, like to build those connections. I shouldn't say stupid shit, but like in hindsight. It's not stupid the, shit because you need them to get to I know, to those but like, like, I mean, like, I really, like, put myself in situations that, like, I put myself out there just to, like, build relationships and connections because the, the whole industry is built on that. It's all built on networking. Like, it's all word of mouth. Um, it's all, like, knowing all the artists well to sell those artists, also to get them on board so you can sell them, like, mm-hmm. things like that. So I remember I took part in an artist's, like, artwork as, like, one of the models, like, because like it built that relationship and she needs someone last minute. And I was like, oh, you know, and like I, we built a really good relationship. We became actually really good friends in the end. Um, but the whole like industry is built on that. Right. So right. It, it's like, I feel like you, all, all you do entertainment, a lot of stuff like that. All entertainments like that. Yeah. Though. Like Aaron's industry in, in, in film, like you need to know people to get your scripts to the right people. Or I think it was Will Ferrell's dad that told Will Ferrell when he said he wanted to become an actor. Uh-huh. He said, son, if it was about talent, I would tell you to go for it. Mm. But that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's, I mean, not at all. Listen, bro, like, it's the same thing in the music industry. You got these kids popping up left and right. It's like about who can entertain and who has the right connections. Like, uh-huh. I'm not saying Lil Yachty doesn't deserve but what then, he has. But the, his but dad then, was a big, big publicist yeah. in the 90s, and he had yeah. a lot of good connections. Lil Yachty's music came out, and, like, it was not a normal release. Like, if, if yeah. some random kid drops on SoundCloud, it's not getting 40000 yeah. But listen, guys, I'm just saying, it's the same thing in sports. Think of it like this, okay? There's a ton of incredible high school prospects right now. The number one most talked about high school prospect right now is LeBron James' son, Bronny Jr. Mm. Okay? He's good. He's He probably would make the league without LeBron being his dad. But there's, like, a huge campaign to, like, have LeBron be the first father-son duo ever. Yeah, LeBron's right. contract with Los Angeles is up the year that his son is eligible to go into the draft. And they're saying that Cleveland's going to get the number one pick. LeBron James going back to retire in Cleveland with his son playing there. It's a Cinderella story. It's going to happen. There's there's no question. <laughs> no, but you're it's right. Because it's, it's, it's great LeBron's marketing. Son. It's great gonna, publicity. Will Cleveland take him back? Of course they'll take him back. You He's think Le- so? He took him back after he came back from Miami, won a championship. Dude, it's literally all about, like, the story the public want. They're weaving, like, fairy tales for us. You know Mm. what I mean? I'm just saying, it's the perfect story. It is. The deed's getting famous. But see, there's a guy like The Weeknd who is doing drugs in in these underground shows, gets scooped up by Drake. He didn't know Drake. Yeah. This guy had no connections. That's what I mean by by exceptional talent can get picked up and does. But do you know how many people sound like... Dude, Michael yes, Jackson that is, are not going to get discovered. That is like, the obviously, yeah, it's the anomaly. We agree, it's the minority. It hardly happens. Like that's what we're saying. Like it's more cases. That, like, it's Rebecca the Black was a thing. Like her parents paid for it to be yeah, a big that's production. Right. Really? Yeah, that's all. That was all for her birthday. That was for her birthday. They spent a, uh, you know ten thousand dollars on the beat, on the song, on the songwriting. Then they made the music video. I mean, they didn't choose for it to go that viral, but she was in the right position for it to go viral. Yeah, she certain. It's kind of like it's kind of. Have you guys read um? The 10,000 Hours book by Malcolm Gladwell, um, Outliers. Like, you, you have to have a lot of things go right to be successful, not in in, in modeling or film or music, in, in almost anything. In anything, yeah. In sports especially. Like, you have to be, like, there's this whole thing about how kids have to be born in January for them to be successful hockey players because January is the cutoff date for a lot of grades. And that nine-month period, like, like a, a kid that's 13 and nine months, and a kid that's 13, like, in his bar mitzvahs that year is not going to do 
is not going to be as physically strong as the kid that's nine months older yeah. than because of that gap in puberty. So that kid gets more attention and gets fed more. So it's the same thing with the models. Like the Adids aren't necessarily better, better models than any other girls. They were f- born and bred into the modeling world and they got more practice, right. more experience, more connections. Yeah, All absolutely. of a sudden they're walking runways. They look like absolutely been doing this shit their whole lives. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, it's, it's opportunity. Like, absolutely. Whereas everyone else has, you know, has to start way, 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 way at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And like, hell yeah, if I was in that position, I'd do the same thing. Uh, why would you not? You'd Best be, believe I would. I do be, not blame them. But what annoys me is when people, particularly like from their camp, say things like, I worked for this. I worked for this. It's like, but you worked, but it's your lived experience, right? You only know your own experience. So I guess in their own terms, they did work for it, right? And they are working for it. It's just not the way that I would see it as working for it. You know what I mean? It's, Does that make I, sense? I phrase it like this. LeBron's son's never going to have to work as hard as LeBron did. LeBron came That's from, right. LeBron didn't have a dad growing yes, up. Yes, and his I guess that's what 16, those parents like, did. They worked so their kids wouldn't have to work as hard. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? That's true. That's true. It's a whole new perspective on that, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm trying to get rich so my kids don't have to work the way I work. You know, I hope they do. I know, that's the hard thing. I though, hope right? they do. I hope they, they see the way I've worked. And by the time I'm God willing, you know, I have a good bank account, like they're like, okay, I want to do what he does. Like, I feel like hard. we have friends. I'm not going to say names. We've went to camp with some of them. They're a bigger bigger family, whatever. But all their kids are working hard. They're, 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 they're doing car washes. They're all running their own online businesses. And they all hustle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the dad's successful. Like, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I think, I think teaching kids how to work hard while they're doing their own shit it's important like even if even if you come from a wealthy background like Gabby's huge on this yeah huge <laughs> dude I, I'm like to Aaron I had to struggle dude mm-hmm. <laughs> like and it gave me work ethic it made, gave me drive it was like I don't want I want to, I want better I want more I want you more you know what I mean like I want mm-hmm. more there's they ha- like they don't see this being my life you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I like, I know that my kids are going to have an infinitely better life, you know, God willing than I did. And I'm like, how do I stop them from becoming spoiled brats? I'm like, right. That's like, the other thing. I, is and, like, and also, how do I stop them from not having any work ethic thinking like, well, mom's got us, mom and dad have got us. Like we don't well, have to worry. It's like, I want my kids to have to struggle like me. So they have that drive, but also not because like, I had to do that, and I don't want them to do that. You know what I mean? I feel like the balance is not buying a gigantic. Like, listen, having money and and showing you have money are two completely different things. Yeah. Like my kid's gonna make their fucking bed. We could have a cleaning lady. This one is day. literally they're what gonna, I said to Aaron. Gonna, my kid, I did, I'm not. I literally said the kids are gonna make their bed. Doesn't matter if you're a bed guy. That doesn't make you. I'm saying I'm not about it. I think kids are kids. Let them be kids. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they make their their bed when they're four. I'm saying when they when they're teenagers. You teach they, them to they, do it. You yeah. teach them how to do it, bro. I made you I made my bed my whole life. Like I, I've had a cleaning lady. I'm not. I'm not out here but saying you, I didn't grow up. You were also like you were sweeping the floors of camp at six a.m. when everyone was trying to sleep. Like you were extremely OCD. I'm a v- not OCD. I'm very very disciplined. I'm the it's, same dude. It's not OCD. I'm not, I'm not super clean. I'm not even cleaning my house like that. Very waking us up to sweep the floor is not discipline. It's That's discipline. Like That's absolutely discipline. No, it's not. It's discipline. It's setting yeah. a routine. Do you know why I did that? Because at the beginning of camp, they'd say whoever had the cleanest room would get extra cookies on Shabbos. What are you talking That's about? amazing. They never said that. Yes, they did, and we always got an extra cookie because of me. I was cleaning the shit the whole week. No one even knows about that. So funny. That's we, on this podcast. That is commitment. We get to put up with you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> did we get the extra cookies? 
Who won that battle? That's so funny. The kid that got up at six or, or, or the kids that all snoozed, you know? He took one for the team as well. That's what I did. I also couldn't sleep because my ADD was out of control, but that's like... A, that's, not, that's a whole other kettle, kettle of fish. I was already up. I was like bored, you know? Like, what did you want me to do? Yeah, hi. It's better that you don't scream around and like do what my brother would do, jump in the fucking beds. <laughs> yeah, go play fucking He's RuPaul. not a dog. Guess... You can't just send it outside to play in the morning. I, by the way, sometimes I go... You don't know 12-year-old Barry. You wasn't... I was training. Like, I thought I was going to play professional basketball, so I'd go outside and do wind sprints in the morning, too. Like, I was like up at six at camp. <laughs> when did you find out you weren't going to do professional basketball? When I stopped growing at five, six. Like, I was like, that's it. Like... Not only am I very mediocre at basketball, <laughs> I'm very small. So this, that was it. <laughs> it was totally a loaded question. You played in college, though, no? That's where you did. Where? Oh, high school. You played in high school. I was a captain in high yeah, school. Right. I got injured that season. I was going to actually get playing time, and I broke my hand playing football in a Gamara game. Did you oh, play baseball in high school? No. I did. Fucking basketball crew. I'm telling you, me and her are more alike than, and you and Ruth are more alike than we thought. I played sports, but I just didn't play. <laughs> Basketball, I you weren't particularly good at basketball. Golf. Oh, I you played golf. I was on the baseball golf? team for like a few months, then I got mono, and then I. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't play. You were on the baseball team. I made the team. Got what mono. position? Made the team. Got mono. Yeah. That's so funny. I Damn, I, I, too. you would have looked it. cute in a, in a baseball jersey. I I had the jersey. You still have it? Probably not. It's so funny. I'd love to see it in a baseball jersey. Anyways. All right. <laughs> what we're saying is like. I think I think just setting up structure for the kids to to have an understanding. Yeah, like that it's not all handed. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, 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 the, the whole thing you just said over again. <laughs> g- giving children structure, even if they're growing up wealthy. Like I have a lot of friends that are wealthy. I grew up wealthy. My dad was broke. That that's how. By the way, there's any structure in my life. My dad taught me how to be humble, like 110. percent Not that my mother didn't. It's just that that side was living a lot more lavishly than yeah. my father's side, and it, it gave me a lot of structure on working hard and um, staying humble about anything you're making. Like yeah. it, it, the amount of money you, you make does not matter. Being Your kind. My dad is a legend. My dad's a legend. Yeah. I don't I don't care how much money he makes. The guy's the goat, like absolute yeah. goat. Oh, well, that has nothing. Money has nothing to do with it. I mean, he's taught me how to be a gentleman, which I think in return is going to end up making me far more money than just being a good businessman. Like, yeah. And just overall being a good person, you know? So yeah, a hundred percent. A lot of it's luck too. I don't think my dad's been dealt the best hand personally. Like he's, he's had some shitty luck, but I do agree with you. I do agree. You know, again, that, that, that goes back to it. It's opportunities, right? Yeah. Same thing with anything else, but totally. I just think like being able to be humble, even when you're in a situation where you're privileged is very important because it, 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 it can build the structure of discipline and knowing that someone else's bag, it's not your bag. Like, no matter how you phrase it, you could come for money, but that's not your bag. Absolutely. You, you didn't earn that. So, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, what I was saying, listen, I put it this way to R and I said, like, I'm not going to, like, scream at my kids if they don't make their bed and hound them and make it, like, a thing where you have to make the bed before you leave the house. I'm not going to do that because... Firstly, that's just going to exhaust me. Traumatizing for them, and too. also traumatizing for them too. And it's not going to make them want to do it. My whole approach is going to be like, tell them why it's a good thing to do, like teach them. And why. if they want to take that, and incentive, if they want to yeah. do that, and they want to see like the effect it has on them, and setting a good routine, and feeling like you've accomplished something when you first wake up, yeah. Like there are all these like benefits to it, like psychologically. It's just like, oh, it sets your day up so fat. It is. You know about the seals. Yeah, it's the Navy SEAL like thing, like a hundred percent. They made like, me do it in the in the the army training I did in Israel. Navy that's, SEALs. That's dope. The first thing they do in the morning is make their bed so that mm-hmm. 
You right start the, the day. Bed, you start accomplishing. That's what I do. Yeah, I get I, I get out it. of bed. I don't even put my contacts. I don't pee before I. It make. might be the whole army, but it sounds cooler when you go with the seals. Yeah, this yeah, definitely sounds, sure it sounds more thing. legit. <laughs> Jobs while pursuing your oh, passion. EB Games. EB Games. Yeah. I also interned at two galleries because EB Games is GameStop. GameStop in Australia is called EB Games. Same don't company. we have that out here? GameStop is the stock that went out of control this year. No, he EB thinks games? EB Games is out here too. I never heard of EB Games. I feel like I've heard of it. I think you just heard it from me. Could but be. um, I've had like I've had Americans call the Australian store before. I remember one time. Why? I was working the just by accident. I was working the flagship store, so the, the primary store in like George Street and like the CBD in Sydney, and um, it's actually one of the sickest jobs. Like the people were great. Like I fucking loved everyone I worked with. Mm-hmm. Some of the best years of my life. Um. The chillest company. It was genuinely just like great. I was playing video games. It was well paid, you know. Um, but some crazy shit did happen. Um, but yeah, this American guy called and he was like, "Do you have like the newest FIFA, whatever it is?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I got it." He's like, "How much is it?" I was like, uh, ninety nine ninety five, like hundred almost hundred bucks." He was like, "What? A hundred dollars? Like it's like blah blah at, at like some other store. It's cheaper." I was like, "Are you? Where are you ca- calling from?" He was like somewhere in America. And I was like, (laughs) you called Sydney, Australia. And he was like, oh, that explains why it's $100. My bad. I was like, how the fuck did you accidentally call an international number? Like, that's not a mistake you make. It probably transferred him to it. What? It probably transferred him through the automated system. I don't even know. Because games, I don't know. Like, the American number would be different to the Australian number. Like, the head office number is different. Anyway, who gives a shit? That was a great job. Loved it. I interned at two galleries, which was like... Hard work, and this is something they don't talk about in like creative fields. That you have to intern, right? The expectation mm-hmm. is that you have experience when like you haven't even graduated yet. Like I was still finishing my last year of my degree. I was doing summer school to like speed it up. So I was at uni from January to December every single month, full time, while interning at two galleries. Um, sometimes, like on the same day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, mm. and then like going to openings and stuff at night to network. Like, dude, that was, at least I was working in the field, but I wasn't being paid. The amount of hours I did and, like, the, the programs I created, like, the, like, literal work I did is insane. Like, full-time level work, not paid. And I went above and beyond. This is proof that, like, you can go above and beyond and they still won't hire you. Hmm. Like, I was, like, at, at this point, like, the university was, like, trying to find me, like, a jo- position. Like, they're doing everything they could to pay me. Because, like, the amount of work I was doing. So, like, they ended up hiring me as, like, a contractor. And, like, but it was nothing, like, no full-time work. And it was, like, how many more years do I have to put in until you give me a full-time job? Just for this, to work at Sydney University. Like, a great place to work if you want to stay there. But, like, I'm not going to put 10 years of, like, this shitty hit-and-miss contract work to get a job in the gallery there. Like, fuck me. Like, close to impossible, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't go out on your own, you don't really have a choice. You know? it's It's one of those industries. So... I don't know. I don't know how that got so deep again. <laughs> no, but it's true. You're right. It's it's like they're setting you up for failure almost. Yeah. And also, this is, I read this article. This, this so frustrating. This article came out in the New York Times and it was like, is the art world, um, you know, only accessible to the wealth, like to wealthy kids? Mm. Like is working in the arts only accessible to wealthy kids? Because they've got a leg up, they have the opportunity to intern and still live at home. Like, I was also living out of home, so I was interning at two galleries, working at GameStop, and paying rent. Luckily in Australia, a lot of things are socialized, like healthcare socialized, so I didn't have to worry about that. Fire. You know, I, I, 
genuinely was was very privileged in that regard because of our government the way our country looks after us they also you know help you with uni costs and things like that and your uni mm. is free you're not paying tuition um can you imagine and, th- and this is at an Ivy League, too. Like, Australia doesn't have Ivy Leagues, but if the closest comparison is, like, our best universities, which is Sydney University, has been around since 1800s, or Sandstone, it looks like Cambridge. Like, that's at, like, t- Tier 1 University, I didn't pay tuition. The government pays for it. You went, you went there? Yeah. Um, they There's like a t-shirt pr- to prove it. Oh, a t-shirt to prove it. And the jumper. And the graduation bear and the, and the degree. And I, you I wear are, that shirt. So you guys could, yeah, I love it. The what? Sydney University. I love that shirt. I mean, if you would have just said she got a degree from there, the T-shirt would have been completely neglected. So I appreciate you mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but the reality is, like, a lot of these, like, a lot of the kids that I worked with um, came from, like, lower socioeconomic. And they really wanted to make it, make, like, make it you work. know, make it work in the art world. And I look back at some of them and they're still in the same position. Did because they make it? Yeah, you know, just in the same position. And I also I have another. I, I know somebody else from the art world was was like a good artist, like quite a good artist, reasonably good. Like nothing like avant garde, groundbreaking, mind blowing. Mm-hmm. No concepts that were like shaking it all up. Everything sure. was very like ordinary, right? Even like the shows they put on, all this kind of stuff. Parents are wealthy, bought them a gallery. They're fine. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. That gallery isn't significant, but they put her in a position where she she can you know have moderate success. God, sure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. They definitely yeah. listen. Back. Actually, this could refer to so many people, like in the that, that I know from the art world. Like it, that's that's the real disparity. There is the ones again. This circles back to the New York right. Times article. Yeah, these people in a primed position to succeed because of the money backing them. It's like the art world in general. It's like on a bigger scale, the art world needs funding right and it only thrives with funding so therefore like it makes sense that to work in the industry you have to have funding too it's mm-hmm. it's kind of cooked it's like art is so important to us on such an extensive level you know why make it so inaccessible i don't know it's tough and what's your what's your take on it you've been you've been quiet tonight on on this yeah i mean i don't know much about the art world gabby's definitely the professional here on it but it just it just seems like unless you've been bred into that world it's kind of hard to break in and from what you've told me it's 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 a pretty dodgy industry it can be there are sides to it that are a bit yeah that can be very dodgy unless you're a very specific type of person or you you have the right connections like it's kind of hard to to come up totally it is absolutely yeah yeah it's all networking and again, there are so many different sides to the, to the curating world. There's mm-hmm. private curating, there's corporate curating, there's institutional curating. There's like curating in the sense that you manage private collections where you buy and sell artwork on the primary and secondary market where it's like you're really working as an art financier. You know sure. what I mean? And then there's also the curating where you put it in galleries. So it's like there's such a big spectrum of where you can sit and there's such a different like culture to each of them. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, knowing where to go and where to fit and, and also which connection is going to lead you in which direction. Like, I started out in the path of, of wanting to be an institutional curator, putting art in galleries, ended up in the buying and selling of art, you know? I wanted to be a rapper. I ended up booking studio time. Yeah. You know? The waters just navigate you where the fuck that's you're supposed right. to go. That's right. I believe like, that. That's how it goes. I believe that. I believe every door opens for a reason. You just take it. It keeps going. It does. It keeps going. You know, I started with the dream of being an actor. Mm. I'm really glad that... It's like me wanting to play basketball. It's the same thing. <laughs> I'm so glad someone else said it. That's it. 
I'm starring in a movie just to fuck you both. <laughs> I hope you do, bro. I'd love it if you started. Dude, in a movie. same. I'd no, love that, that. That's where I started, and then like when I went to Israel, I had this weird epiphany, just like dilemma or conundrum, if you will. What happens if like I have to film on Shabbat and it's like I can't tell him no that's a big part of the same and thing then i decided you know what i'm gonna be a director this way i run the show i get to call the shoot dates and things you like you that. call the shots and then i just happened to you know when i first came out here zach was writing a piece for me to direct mm-hmm. and while i was working with zach on the writing and going over with him i was like i kind of really like writing I think this is like I really like it. I really enjoy it, and that's when I en- ended up getting that internship with the with the screenwriter, mm-hmm. and just working there. And I was like, I think I love I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like it took like three steps. It definitely is your thing. You're a storyteller. I don't. Th- I, don't th- I don't even think your journey's done. No, I no way. This is the this is the beginning. Yeah, you're gonna start. I mean, you you know it's, that's the thing. Is like it just doesn't. That's why I'm well, saying. Well, I had I had a teacher from from uni ask me if I can edit his film. Mm-hmm. Because he liked my editing. That's what I'm saying, bro. So, what happened with that? He wanted it for himself. Okay. Is this the end goal for me? Is Maybe what you, you asked it. before. It's like, are you doing what you you want to do? Is this your dream? Is like, I have no idea, but I'm okay with not knowing that. Like, I'm gonna know what it is after the next turn, after the turn after that. Like, the the dream is to continue successfully marching forward and to learn from my failures. That's that's yeah, just to keep going forward. Yeah. So keep and like, away. as long as it's within, as long as I get. Also, to success it, is fun. Yeah, it when is. you it's when you fun. attain these goals, you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hype. It's hype, dude. It's addictive. It's not even working for the money or working for working or working because we have to work. It's, it's like just a whole different. Genuinely yeah. enjoying it because when you get that that like when you hit that that validation -validation. yeah but even when you like yeah exactly but like you hit that little like because success isn't one man goal like you hit benchmark as a success along the way toward the end goal right so when you hit those bits and you go damn this is this success it's like yeah dude it is yeah hype get it again you know it's it's seriously like a drug the thing for me is like there's no just there is no end goal like the, the, the end goal is is I'll know when I've got to the end. That's it. That's right. It's how I'll I I'll know when I'm like, all right, the, you know, not only, it's not that I don't want to keep going, I don't feel the need for more. Hard. You know, and not feeling the need for more is, is okay. I don't know what age, my, my grandfather's 78, he's, he's 75, he's done it all. Yeah. Guy's still going, wakes up at six. Yeah, I love it. On the phone, Florida time. So he's, and he's working till eight o'clock and then he goes to bed, he wakes up at four and works out. I love it. Guy's an animal. He doesn't, he's like... And I know 78-year-olds that also have fucking dementia. Yeah, like, I you, love that you know, routine. That, that you know, shit is you like retire crazy. too fast, your brain goes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be full sending it. There was a no. point where there's a point where he he was he really needed to be up at four in the morning to get all the work that he needed to get done. He doesn't need to do that anymore. He he has so many people working for him. What's the point? You know, but he, it's what he wants. And like, there's a big difference. Like, I, I don't ever want right, to. There are natural workaholics. I have a friend that can't sit still. I can't he's, sit if still. If he's on vacation, he's having a bad time. It's literally. Like, do you think I can do that? Do you think I'm like that? No, I think you can enjoy. I think I've learned. To. I did enjoy. I did enjoy vacation. I, I really think Aaron's taught me to. Ruth's taught me to. But I was itching in Mexico. I was itching. You've taught like, me to work. <laughs> we'd get back so from like we'd it. get back from like a day of activities. I'd like to get back to my Wi-Fi, and I'd have like thirty DMs for the studio, and I would take like an hour and a half to do anything. And Ruth's like, "What are you doing? We're on vacation." I was like, "Babe." an hour and a half. We I've done three hours of work since we've been here. She's like, you're not working. 
I was like, but I am. Like, and I need to. Like, I needed to get it off. Just get it, yeah. To get it out of my head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, Even if it's just responding to the initial, it's not a sale, it's not whatever. Like, But you get like that, too. Like You don't want to be interrupted. Yeah. Period. I'm, I'm the same, so I get it. I get it. But yeah. I like seeing that more than I like not seeing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love that shit. Um, I mean, I'd say that my journey with studios started in college when we had the, the studio in the dorm and I was booking Zach sessions. Like, I didn't know what I was doing at that point, but I was booking a studio. Very small amount of money. It was like 15 an hour, 20 an hour, whatever it was. And I was working at Coldstone to to split rent after I got suspended from Binghamton. That's a whole other <laughs> That's story. That's a whole other story. Yeah, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever tell that on a podcast, but um, I would definitely will. It's not now. But basically... Um, you just got caught for what we've all done. Cut all this out. Okay, enough. Finesse my way out of that, dude. So I'm working at Coldstone while I'm in school, and I'm running a studio and making music, and that job was unbelievable, like, just so fun. And again, I know people that are still working there, and it's been five years. Yeah. So it's the same thing you said. They just, you were talking about it before also, just to touch on that before I continue, basically like... You said, like, you've seen these people that have just are still there. Yeah. But you were also talking about how you were trying to figure out who's the next person you need to talk to to get to this, to get to that, to yeah. get to this. People don't have that, that, that intuition or that, like, instinct of who do I need to get to next to get to the next thing. That's interesting. I always thought they did. It's on them. Right. You know, not everybody's going to be a CEO. That's what I was saying before. Not everybody's going to be a CFO. And not everybody's going to be a CEO, but they're going to be part of something. That's right, They're yeah. a cog in the wheel. That's like, and there are so many people that are not only content with that, they love it. That's true. It's very it's true. Like, if, that, if that's what it is for you, dude, you're just as successful as Oh, dude, 100%. You're yeah, just su- as successful. Success is measured individually. It's that's ha- another really happiness. important thing. So th- that's the point. Yeah. That's um, totally right. That's very true. The other jobs I had, I was doing a lot of internships. Like for social media marketing, which ended up being helpful for me for both the studio, for my music for anyone else's music that I've been a part of. I've written for blogs. I started a blog. I worked at a HR security job, but that was the worst. I was actually miserable as a person during that. I worked at... Yeah, I worked in high-end retail. I did that while interning Boy. for another studio, while interning for a guy who owned the studio and running his social media and doing all their stuff at the same time. And then after that, I worked part-time for a media company for one month, quit. They didn't pay me for that. And then I worked at a marketing company for two years. It was okay. I learned how to do sales there. And then I'm here now. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to need a full-time job to do this. Like, That's awesome. So It's crazy though. It just shows like the chipping and the, do those soul destroying. The thing is those soul destroying jobs that you take along the way, like you said, that one was like made you miserable as a person, the HR security. That driver. one did. But the thing is those, those are important though because character. they keep pushing you. And they, yeah, they build character, but they also push you to be like, I don't want to be here. Like this is my, my goal is not this. That's sort of a reminder, a reality check. Like I worked in high end retail Fuck me. Ne- never yeah, you have hated I that. never have I like met a bunch of more miserable people in my entire life. I'd be miserable. And I hope I they're listening to this because like they took that shit so seriously and I was like, fuck me. Like to the extent where it was like nauseating. Like I was like nineteen and ended up becoming like the visual merchandiser for like two states. 
and I didn't take I didn't take it seriously. I did that in like less than a year because everyone else there was like useless as fuck. Like the manager said that to me. He was like, "You're like a Siberian husky. We need you in management." I fucking hated it. I didn't take it seriously. I bummed around. I came late. I slept around. I didn't give a shit. I was at uni. I had bigger dream than that. And like, this is toward the end, right? This is early on. I was killing it. And that's why I rose for us. When I got to the top, I was like, fuck this. Like the top as I was going to get right at that age without like leaving behind uni. And when I got there, I was like, this is shit. Like, this is genuinely shit. I like don't want to be here. So I didn't take it seriously. And eventually like quit. Like I made Mm -hmm. myself so useless. And then I just left like, because they, they treat us like shit too, you know? Like you, you worked hard and got treated like shit. Like, you worked like a dog. If they treated you well, you'd be like, fuck yeah, I want to be here, I want to thrive. That was like, that was EB Games, that was GameStop. Like, you worked like a dog, but they treated the shit, you well. It's the, it's, the, it's the job that people view as lesser uh-huh. between those two that is, yeah. Isn't that the biggest well, irony? Someone's still my favorite job. And do you know, day. I left GameStop to I go to that. high-end retail. Yeah, I, I believe it, dude. I left, I left like, GameStop to go to high-end retail thinking it was better. Ended up going back to GameStop. I left high in retail, went back to GameStop. Mm. I, there was a, like a three-year break in there. <laughs> they see her walking back in, like, throwing her vest on. They're like, what are you doing here? She's like, fuck retail then. What? Literally, dude. No, they were like, thank God you're back. Like, thank God you're back. Yeah, literally. And I was like, thank God I'm fucking back. Yeah. I remember the day I walked back in, like, I was dressed so bougie. You got a standing ovation. Because I was still wearing, like, the like the, the stupid, like, fancy clothes you have to wear in these retail stores to sell the high-end retail. I walked in, like, bougie as fucking to GameStop. And my boss was like, what the hell are you doing back? I was like, I cannot work there a minute longer. Please take me back. He was like, oh, my God. Cracks open a beer? Like, you want to play some fucking Madden on the couch Dude, literally. He was like, he was like, Gab, we just, like, like, it's been, like, three years. Like, we haven't got anyone open. And then, like. Literally an hour later, I went home. I get a phone call from Craig with my mom. I was like crying time. I'm like, I hate this job. He calls. He's like, all right, fuck. I found a place for you. Like, <laughs> I moved someone off our roster. Like, don't even ask. Like, don't don't tell anyone. Like, just, you know. Fire. And wow, I still had the same. Him. Like, dude, he wouldn't even care to, like, because now he's, like, up somewhere in high and high the business. Like in GameStop? Yeah. Like, is it still a thing? He just was really, yeah. AB Games in Australia still is. Okay. He was just really big on keeping, like, the environment in the store, like, dope like he just wanted good people there so like that's what i love about people like that bro like it was awesome honestly the, the best manager of colson was the biggest chode i've ever met like we all hated him <laughs> he was like he worked at the colson in syracuse too he was the manager there and he would stop by every once in a while but he was like super strict and like like we were smoking vape pens in the freezer at colson <laughs> like, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just lit. It was a lit job. So like, oh, man. I don't know. Great. Yeah, yeah, you're right, though. It's funny how, like, socially people would view that as lesser, but honestly, best years of my life. You yeah. go to work and you watch people play video games. That sounds... Just don't talk about video games. Get hype about them. Literally, all I did all day was tell people about video games. Like, they'd ask questions. We'd talk about them. That's fire. We had regulars that came in and had a yarn with you for hours. Sounds way, way better than selling some Jewish kid named Barry Rosenblum and his mom a fucking suit in Nordstrom's. Like, I'd, I'd rather be playing video games. Honestly, my mom's oh. such a headache when I go to retail with her. Dude, some of the clients I met were the worst, too. Some of the people who come... And you have to call them clients. They're not just customers. They're your clients. Oh, those are clients. The moment they step in the store, you're a client. And, like, you have oh to God, indulge them client. and, like... I learned some really, like, sick skills, like, on how to, like, assess, like, people in situations. Like, mm-hmm. they taught you some really, like, interesting, like, observational skills. But overall, fuck that. Yeah. I agree. I remember the high end, but I worked I worked Macy's. You did? You know the, the giant one in New York City? For how long? 
Um, it was seasonal, so it was just for the Christmas season. How much money did you make? Did I? I quit not too long after I started. I, I couldn't stand it. Mm. What was your sales, 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 sales job? Real estate. Did you close any deals? Yeah. How many? It was a few. Did you make money? Yeah. Probably good money. I mean, it's okay. It's not great. Yeah, the bottom line is if you're just doing brokerage, as as uh, it's, that's not always crazy. I just like... was sick of running around Manhattan to show people apartments that I didn't care about and I knew they weren't going to sign. Like, you walk in, you're showing them a place... You know they're looking at another ten. You know this is yeah, yeah. And then you know well, New York's a bad market. New York's a terrible, mar- and terrible like, market. What's so good about this apartment? And honestly, and then I'd look at them and be like, honestly, nothing. Like it's just not, like I just don't care. <laughs> You're a bad salesman. I just didn't care. <laughs> Dude, maybe you got to start doing TikTok and YouTube content. No. Why? No, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Why? I'm not wasting my time on that. What is it a waste? What the problem is, the problem is, if, if you, you want to get goes TikTok, down that, you have to, you have to actually put it It's on. a full-time job. Yeah. If you want to go down the avenue where you become TikTok famous and you're a TikTok star and then you make films, it's like you've already cornered yourself as a certain part of the market. It's better to work. Yeah, King Batch has not successfully gotten into movies. That's like, right. Yeah. No, and he, you've seen him in different parts, you know, but he's but never going to be, gonna be he's a star. He's never going to be the lead of a movie. No, and that's the he's thing. Still going to make bank as you've a TikTok star. You've got to do it right, the organic way. Like an Oscar. Yeah. How do you know that? I, I will bet a lot of money. You know, you know, you know who's won a boatload of awards doing YouTube. You remember, you know, who Childish Gambino is, right? Yeah, Donald, of course. Donald Glover was. He started out before he was writing for Thirty Rock, before he was on the Community, before his all of his success in his music. He was doing Derek comedy, and he was doing all that shtick on YouTube right out of college. He graduated in NYU. Was doing YouTube shtick. Yeah, but he was he was writing the scripts, and he was they were, those were all solo funded, bro. Right, but I'm saying, but you watched him and you're like, this is talent. You watch King Batch or all these people on YouTube and you're like, the overacting. On so why don't you just do so something ridiculous. on YouTube then? I mean, you have talent. I don't want to. I don't want to go that route. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be YouTube famous. I'm not doing it for fame. But then you could put out like Redbone and have like a, a multi platinum hit. Also, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like he didn't just do YouTube. He went and he did. No, he's probably the most diverse guy. He 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 is he's an a abs- Renaissance man. He's an, he's the absolute. Unicorn, like it, yeah. he's not, he's not, he's an absolute anomaly. There's no such thing as Donald Glover. Like they, they don't exist. I don't know mm. where the, I don't know what fucking planet man came from. I'm just saying, like, you know, to be able to branch off again, that's another ability. I think you're definitely able to, like, let's say you have YouTube success or you have TikTok success. Being able to branch off is something that's innate. That's not, and like you, you of all people are actually able to do that. You're, you're able to switch it up. Like you don't. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't want to put my full time effort right now into making YouTube videos. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, just merely an idea. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not telling you to full yeah, send it. Yeah, here. Anyway, let's wrap this up, guys. You want me to wrap? What am I, Sammy K? <laughs> you can throw that one on there if you want. Bazinga. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. All right, thanks, guys. It's been a fruitful discussion. Very, very, very fruitful. Wholesome. Wholesome content for the whole family. For the whole family. It's been all over the fucking place. We've oh. been from, uh, I don't know how we started this. We just started it. Listen, enjoy. Enjoy the journey. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy life. That's the point. Be happy. Yeah, but live, live. Live. But what? Live your best life, but make money because you need to survive. But also live your best life. Live your best life. Just live it. Say it, Aaron. Live your best life. 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 Do you ever say the accent to or no? Just... Fucking live your best life. All right, sorry. This bye, was guys. Uh, having a gab. We've been ha- yeah, all right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for gabbing me. Oh, my Thanks God. So